You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Okay, here we go again with another bonus podcast. I'm joined this week by Steve Jolly, uh, who was with me last week for the bonus episode. Uh, He's an accredited investment fiduciary at Ford Financial Group. I'm also joined by Ryan Louie, a certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. All of us are financial advisors there working with clients and discussing what is uh, turning out to be another wild week with markets. Uh, Last week was dreadful, and we had another difficult start this week, uh, but we're starting to see some relief uh, as we were recording this episode. So uh, without too much intro and without further ado, hang tight. Here is Ryan, Steve, and I talking about kind of what's going on with markets today. Okay, we're back. Uh, Recording again in the throes of a volatile market. Uh, As I record this today with Steve and with Ryan, uh, markets are poised to finish higher. The Dow is up more than 5%, uh, more than 1,100 points as we record this. And after last week, was we're recording this um, on the afternoon of Wednesday the 25th. And after a hellacious week last week and a very rough start to this week on Monday, markets are recovering pretty quickly here and rebounding. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about what kind of rebound we think this is. But if I were to ask somebody today what they thought the Dow had done in the last five days, they sure as heck wouldn't say it's higher, but it is. Uh, In fact, as we record this, the Dow is up almost 10% on the week or on the last five days, I I should say, last five trading days. So uh, there are probably a couple of reasons why this is happening, uh, and we're going to cover that here today. Uh, first, we can kind of start with the, the action taken by the Fed. And Steve, we can kind of jump to you on this, but the Federal Reserve has pulled out the big guns uh, and done something they're calling QE infinity, or some people are calling it that. Mm-hmm. And it's having some tremendous effect um, on keeping the pipes clean. You could say. So what do you, what do you think about how, what the Fed has done here? Has it, has it helped? Um, yeah, so far it seems to have helped. Um, you might recall if folks have listened to our previous podcast in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about one of the first things, one of the first lessons the Federal Reserve learned, I believe, going back to the great financial crisis was we have to keep the markets opening and functioning. They have to remain liquid. Banks have to be able to provide credit uh, to, to institutions, to corporations, to individuals when needed. And the last thing that we need is to have markets freeze up and not work. And then that just exasperates a problem that was already a problem. And it might take what, you know, is a a flu and an economic shutdown and turn it into a major financial disaster. So not only did they come out with guns a-blazing, some folks are calling it, you know, bazooka infinity or whatever howitzer or the biggest bomb you can think of. The Truly. And and I think if we, the mother of all bombs, the... So what they're doing, I think, for people who maybe don't understand what the Federal Reserve does, because the Federal Reserve is a, the the our central bank here in the U.S. It is not the federal government. And I think we confuse Fed for Feds a lot, or some people do. Yeah, Federal, um, Reserve, the federal Reserve is Yeah, so the Federal Reserve Bank is part of this QE infinity and this howitzer they've pulled out. Um, they are buying securities, right? They buy securities from folks that need to sell them or want to sell them or have to sell them. These are your banks and big institutions, et cetera. 
that need the cash. And so if you think about how that works, if they buy a bond from XYZ Bank, that bank now has cash. They offloaded their bond to the Federal Reserve Bank in exchange for cash. And now they have the cash to go out and put in the system the and way what that was it's kind designed of, to do. What was kind of happening before, though, was that they're without a lack of buyers because everyone was so tepid and scared to purchase these securities. There was just no one no one there to actually be there to, to buy them. So, you know, of course, the Fed could, can come in with their their balance sheet to, to go ahead and, and buy these um, from institutions, which is large, large, large amounts of money that are being sold. Correct. Right. And it starts from the simplest of bonds, you know, like short term treasury bills. And then uh, it goes up the credit stack. So, you know, to treasury inflation protected bonds or tips to municipal bonds. And so they've been rolling out not just your traditional um, Federal Reserve that's, arrangements. Yeah, that's but, the, and that's the big difference, right, Steve? It's not just that they're buying treasuries or, or letting them roll off their balance sheet, but they're buying every single, almost every single type of credit under the sun. Right? We're talking about mortgage-backed bonds. We're talking about municipal bonds. We're even talking corporate. about corporate bonds. There was talk today that they've uh, looks like they're hiring BlackRock, who a lot of our clients might know through our uh, exchange-traded funds, etc. They're right. one of the largest managers in the country, but they're a private manager. But the Treasury looks to be hiring them as the Treasury starts to purchase actual exchange-traded funds, corporate bonds, and perhaps even equities at some point. Right. Which so this is such a huge change because essentially the Federal Reserve Bank can now buy, I mean, in theory, the same kinds of securities that we could all buy, or we could be selling it to them instead of to each other. And that's the that's you have the biggest buyer in the world stepping in to maybe buy securities that are distressed when and there's no it, other there, there's no other side of the trade. And I don't know if this is gonna scare people to death or make people feel more comfortable, but they've pledged unlimited buying power. So right. they have pledged that, hey, this is not going to be, you know, argue, you know, we can argue about the term what financial crisis might mean, but right. they have pledged they are going to do whatever it takes to make sure the financial markets are functioning. Functioning right. doesn't mean not go down, but it does mean that buyers and sellers are able to buy or sell what they need to in a timely fashion. Right, which is huge, which is huge. So that's the grease that keeps the gears going here. And they call that, People are starting to call that. And we've been uh, at Ford Financial. We've been talking closely with um, portfolio managers of some of the funds that uh, our clients are invested in, some chief investment officers, uh, again, of these large uh, pools of money. And uh, the term that everybody seems to be using is that this is a supply and a demand issue, which goes back to basic economics. But the supply in this case is there was an unusual amount of supply hitting the market, meaning forced sellers, people that were forced to sell right. their securities or bonds or stocks. And so from all intent, or at least from today, when we're recording, it looks like the supply side is being tackled aggressively. And so far, um, it's being met with open arms um, by the by the markets and they seem to be functioning but yeah. now we have to look at the other side of the equation, which will be the demand side. And that's, you know, people trying to get back to work and what that means to, you know, unfortunately, small business to, you know, the folks, um, you know, small business is small people who, you know, going to work, the waitresses, the waiter, 
um, the flower shop. And so that's the demand side that we're going to start to focus on now as Congress starts to, um, as we shift from monetary policy to fiscal policy. Right. Well, and so so that takes us to the next item here where we've gotten, speaking of howitzers and guns, I mean, I, it's probably no mistake that we're prepared. It seems like we're preparing for war as we talk about all these monetary and, and fiscal guns and bombs and things that are going on. But we're also, as we record this, waiting for the final package that's going to come from Congress that's going to provide um, stimulus, in theory, directly checks, one-time checks to individuals, to married couples, uh, for uh, for families that have kids, um, to help do things like kind of ba- basically bridge the gap from layoffs or temporary layoffs clear through to when we're able to get back and back on our feet and back out from um, out of hiding. Um, and that's what we're waiting on right now. Uh, Ryan, do you think this is one of the reasons why the market's up so much over the last couple of days is because of this package coming from Congress? Yeah, so I, I think that you know we were hearing the news knowing that this was going to come into an effect and it's you know really start to get some wind um, late last week as far as what Congress was going to be doing. Um, we were just you know, we knew some of the ideas that were floating around. I, I think everyone was expecting that um, a, a paycheck was going to be sent out to individuals. And sort of as it turns out right now with the, the, the bill, it looks like a $1,200 paycheck for adults. Um, and it, that's going to be dependent too on income. So there's, there's some boundaries in terms of who's going to get these paychecks and there's phase outs. Um, there's a um, amount that's going to be sent for children as well, $500. Um, and so again, it, the, they're, they're still working out the details, how the speed of this, we're going to find out about how, how fast this is going to get into well, people. It, there's some real question here, right? I mean, <clears throat> so yeah, so people, we've done the check thing before, the helicopter money, whatever you want to call it. I remember in the early 2000s, um, under the Bush administration, this happened already. And, and it's happened a couple of times in the last, what, 15 years, 20 years. Right. Um, but then there's also some stuff in here. So there's like 350 billion uh, in where they're set to approve 350 billion in loans for small businesses. Um, the, how the administration of that is going to work is a, kind of a curious question. You know, is it going? SBA is notoriously slow for lending, and so who knows how this is going to be able to quickly get dispersed. And then there's huge multi-billion-dollar assistance for companies that are that have been deemed crucial to national securities like Boeing well, even like the air, like the yeah airlines and Boeing um you know were part of the part of the package as far as being able to get money and now there were some stipulations with it but we you know as we understand it they needed the help given that they were probably the hardest hit industries Right. Um, and they are needed, you know, for us to get back to normalcy, they got, they, they need to come back to full function as well. So the idea was to help them out. And obviously I think if we looked at their stock prices over the last couple of days, you know, they, they have, a lot of them have rebounded. They have a long way to go, but they have rebounded almost, uh, you know, uh, quite a bit more than the other stocks have. Right. Hey, you can't have helicopter money without helicopters. So yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> and you know, it's, yeah, right. uh, it's, I mean, it's interesting. This you know, depending on how you tally things up, it's being reported that this is essentially between the Federal Reserve and between Congress. We've essentially got a six trillion dollar stimulus package, which is crazy. It's so big. I mean, this is a this makes up a huge percentage of what's just normal GDP. I mean, I think we had. I what, think GDP 20, is 20, 10, 10 trillion. Right. Uh, well, in, 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 in 2017, I think we had it was actually 20 trillion if, okay. in 2017. So, still as far as a percentage of our GDP, this is this is 
unprecedented, right? This is never this something this size hasn't been hasn't happened. We had a fraction of this kind of um, stimulus come from both the Federal Reserve and Congress in 2008, or after as a result of 2008, and you can see what that blew up into over the next decade. Um, not to say that history is going to be able to repeat itself, but it, it just this dwarfs twar- TARP, right? The Troubled Asset Relief Program. Um, this is certainly more faster from the Federal Reserve than was done in 2008. Um, so the speed with which this has come out is is really wild, even though it'd be nice if Congress actually could pass the bill. We've been waiting on this for two days now. And this is one of the reasons why Monday was so bad. Um, well, it's so also the nice too that the market's you know still holding up, given you know not everything's been settled. Uh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes the market gets uh, panicky when it's expecting something to actually have happened and it hasn't happened yet. So the market right now is actually holding up pretty well, given given that it's been somewhat you know taking longer than we would have expected. Right, and so this begs the question: um, if we've got the stimulus package, or if we've got the the Fed greasing the gears of the financial system. We've got Congress um, firing their, you know, stimulus missiles out to help everybody out. This suggests then that we need to be looking perhaps at recovery coming up. And I'm, I'm certainly, I will, I'll be the first person to say that this recovery will probably be uneven. But the thing you hear a lot, and this, it, every time you get hit, you hit turbulence, you hear this. What is the shape of the recovery going to be? Right. And it's always a, it's always a letter. Right? Is it U-shaped? Is it W-shaped? Is it V-shaped? Is it L-shaped? God forbid. Um, you know what? What shape is this recovery going to take, Steve? I, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot and have you predict the next decade of market returns here. Uh, but what do you think is going to happen? Like how how do you think this goes here for the next at least short to intermediate term? Oh, sorry, Brian. I was just uh, adding alphabet soup to my grocery list the next right. time I made the cost go <laughs> So um, bear with me, but. Arguably, we are in a recession and, you know, it's going to be severe for the next quarter or two. Um, We won't officially know. We talked about this again on the last podcast. It won't be officially announced as a recession for months down the road. But let's face it, we all know you can't slow down the economy like it's been slowed down and not be in a recession. So we certainly have one side of a letter and that's the downward side. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more of a drawn out you. Um, to some degree, because even though we, you know, you can shut things down relatively quickly. I think everybody was in agreement, you know, that we needed to, to be isolated and, and folks being sheltered at home, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But trying to restart, you know, the diesel engine, that's why when you go to a truck stop, sometimes you'll see the trucks out there running mm-hmm. because it's harder or does more damage to start the truck back up rather than just leave it running for 15 minutes if you're inside the store. So trying to restart the economy is a difficult task at best, even under the the ideal, well, ideal circumstances. It's hard to yeah. imagine what ideal circumstances are when you shut an economy down. But it's gonna it's gonna be a little drawn out, but it's gonna be there. Yeah, I mean, it, well, we will recover. It, the question is always how long, or or you know, in what way does it take? Ryan, what do you think? Are you think this is going to be you shape? Yeah, I tend to thing? I tend to agree with Steve in the sense that I think that it's going to take some time. I mean, I don't think any of us are think, sitting here today and just even looking at the returns over the last couple of days and saying, "Oh, you look, it's all over. We're only we're going back. we're only going up from here," just no. because we've had two good days. Um, I think that we 
as I've talked to clients, you know, I've, I've talked to them about the, the things that have gone right. Again, we've talked about this already on this podcast. The Federal Reserve has done their thing. The stimulus package is in. Um, you know, that those things are definitely what was needed to help us move along and get, step forward. Um, but the thing that we're still waiting for is for the coronavirus to recede. And so I think that that's part of the U-shaped recovery is that, you know, we have to, again, wait for this to get better. Um, before the economy is actually going to step forward, because we know that if, if, you know, the coronavirus is, is still kind of, um, being an issue or thrown in our side, we're not going to step out to normalcy yet. Um, I think that's also raises the, the, the high possible probability that we could see a W or multiple W's in the sense that, you know, as the market comes to grip with, you know, fiscal and monetary policy, like we've already talked about, you're going to get some wins. And then unfortunately, um, you're going to get some really bad optics. You know, we've, if we were successful over this two to three weeks of separating from each other and slowing or flattening the curve, as they're calling it, the disease is still out there. And we're going to, yes, if we get back to work, we're going to see the number of cases rise. We're going to see the death toll rise, perhaps even while we're going back to work. And so, those objects yeah. are going to weigh on. Absolutely. My, my worry, my worry here is that, you know, we're getting a little bit of a bounce right now and that's great. And, and we'll get a little bit of a rebound. I've even suggested to some clients that it's not going to be V shaped or W shaped. It's going to look more like Charlie Brown's t-shirt, right? Where we yeah. just go up and down and up and down and chop sideways and having big swings, both down and up, you know, that's what volatility is. It's both directions. And you know, we might find that, you know, we get some periods of relief followed by some periods that more of pain. I mean, even though we're bouncing back now as we head into the end of the quarter, I have a really, really hard time believing that once we get Q1, you know, economic data, and then once we, and then we start getting the earnings season from Q1 from all these companies, that as much as the market is priced in a recession and as much as everybody's prepared to throw out all the numbers from Q1 because, because of all this lockdown stuff that we're doing, you, once you actually see the numbers, it's going to blow everybody away. Brian, this is important for our clients too, because statements come out, you know, from March, the market activity in March, and we are going to, you'll, you'll see it on paper, you know, accounts are down no matter how well diversified you were. Right. And so we may even see, you know, a round of selling as the April statements come, or, you know, March statements come out in early April. Right. So it's not clear sailing by any stretch of the imagination. There's a lot to overcome still, but I'm just happy to see the markets are functioning. And Yeah. I mean, you can even get a scenario even where it doesn't even, let's say we get this, well, we're in a bear market. So let's call this bear market rally. Or like you joke, Steve, we're, we're two days into the new bull market. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're up 20% yeah. off the low, is that a bull right. market? Yeah. Even though yeah, you're right. still down 30. But let's just call this a bear rally. And so some people go, you, you look back and okay, we're up 10, 15%, whatever it is. Um, off the low and you say to yourself, oh, well, I didn't get out in time the first time, but it's rebounded and now I can get out and, and raise some cash and, and get to the sideline. You know, that's another way how we get some sort of W or zigzag kind of shape going, moving sideways. It's because this is going to take a lot longer to repair than 30 days. You know, it's the old stocks take the, the elevator down and the stairs up. This isn't just going to, we're not just going to pop back out from hiding and no one's going to be sick and the economy will recover right away. It's just not going to happen that way. 
Yeah, and you, you talked about the you know the letter of the the shape of the return. You know, I don't think we wouldn't want people to expect that we're going to be sitting here in late summer and we're you know we've recovered all the way. And as you know, Brian has mentioned, you know, we're going to have to eventually start facing um, the economic data that continues to come out. And you know, we can't guess at this point how investors are going to react to it in the sense right. that some you know people know that it's bad. And so maybe they do, you know, maybe we're fortunate and they disregard it to an extent. Um, well, I think they, they, know, they knew it was going to be bad. On the other hand, yeah, maybe it's bad and they actually, they, they, they react to it. it it's just sure. really hard to say at this point. Well, the, there's a, the one thing that's working for us is that markets are forward looking, right? So if I, as I've discussed with some people that I've talked to, you know, it's, there are three things going on that need to be repaired here. First is the market and the and the crash that if essentially we've just gotten done experiencing. Uh, the second is the economic hardship that's going to come from everybody sheltering in place, and then the third is the public health issue that needs to get resolved. And we haven't even talked about that. That still needs to get dealt with. We need to have some sort of baseline about how many sick people we have and test a lot of people and so on. And equipment but, and space respirators. Exactly. But just like the market fell before we started experiencing the real pain the public health pain and the economic pain, the market is going to come back and will start to move higher before we're even through all of this stuff. No even matter when what the optics kind of are still, when the optics are still terrible. Yeah. We also, and, I think have to prep ourselves for, you know, of course, politics has not, you know, gone away during all this. And yeah. at some point, I think part of the reason why the market may have rallied a little bit Tuesday, besides, you know, hope that the Congress might pass their bill is that, um, folks actually started talking about trying to get the economy back to work again. And right. at some point, I think you may have a situation where the federal government comes out and says, okay, um, it's time to go back to work. We've been hearing Easter, who knows? Um, but then you may have governors saying, no, um, not in our state. Things are still right. bad. And That's so a real possibility. it's going to create, you know, a dichotomy of who do we listen to? You know, who do we trust? What do I do? Uh, I've got to put food on my table, but for gosh sakes, I don't want to die doing it. Yep, absolutely. Well, we're in a, we, there's no question we're in a real jam. I think, you know, we're further along in going down and coming back up in the markets than we are in the public health and the economic kind of difficulties that we're about to face. So, um, you know, as investors, it, you know. I don't know. We may look back on this and say this is the best opportunity we've had since March 2009, but that won't that's impossible to tell until we're several years down the road even. Hey, and then talking about that V-shape recovery, well, V might also stands not just for victory but volatility. So as we've been talking, the Dow uh, was up at one point 1200 and now we're only up 5. Yep. So if as, you as we've a, been as we've been talking right now, if you are a fan of volatility, then give the V salute um, because right. I think it's going to be more volatility uh, going forward, and that's going to be the letter of the day. No doubt, no doubt. Well, that's a good place to leave it because if we keep talking, my worry is that markets are going to keep falling. <laughs> yeah, let's end this, let's end this podcast now. Yeah, uh, we're right, in the right, four so. handle now. Yeah, we better yeah, cut we, this short. Let's, let's, let's hang up so this thing can move higher. So, all right. Well, I'll leave some, for, some time for some disclosures for everybody. Uh, but if you are if you are listening to this and you have questions for us, info at FordFG.com, our website, FordFG.com. Uh, we're, we're routinely updating content on there and trying to stay on top of things. Our Facebook page is also a good place to find um, valuable information that's coming from our firm. Uh, we are still uh, closed right now to uh, a 
kind of non-essential public meetings, uh, meetings with clients, but we are certainly meeting with our our clients over the phone, over the web, uh, and we can still uh, our doors are open for you know it's tax time still, so we're getting contributions and drop offs and some things like that as well. So. If we can avoid the in-person stuff, we will, but we are still functioning, and that's important to know for everybody as well. So, um, guys, do you, do you think we covered it all? I think we covered yeah, quite a bit. All right, stay, good. Stay, well, no, yeah, cover it all is a big one picture, but um, <laughs> we stay covered safe. it enough for now. Yeah, stay safe, be well. This too shall pass. Absolutely, good stuff. All right, guys, we'll do it again. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein. 